Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The first four hours were simply in a moose bouche I'm stuffed. I can't remember the last time I ate this much. Sure, he's the one not dessert? Not for me. Yeah, I'm good. Your table is ready for Carmen and Lima's emerging podcast scene. Hello. How are you? Hello, Kenny. You know, turn down that production over there, Double A? That music? That nice smooth jazz that we know that you know the history of so well? Oh, man. It's just very, very, very smooth. He'll play into it, won't he? Will he not? Do- oh, bleh. Will he not, Lima? <laughs> Will you not play into it? Jason Garrett joins us. Lima's not even paying attention. Tone. I think someone's been sabotaging the... Microphones? The No, no. The headphone volume. Really? Why? Is yours too loud? It's been five straight times. It's been turned all the way up. That's not an accident. Someone's doing that on purpose. Whatever ha- Who sang all the way turned up back in the day? All the way turned oh, up. Oh, my goodness. I Oh, I can't. I Got can't Jason remember. Garrett joining us on the show. Yeah, Jason Garrett, Coming former up at 10 NFL 30. coach. So we have to make this count because I don't want to be sitting here in a freaking holding pattern for 10 minutes. So what did you want to get to today? Well, Mike Clay and Seth Walder have ranked NFL rosters from 1 to 32. Really? What do they got? What does Mike Clay got? Where's he got us? The Browns are ninth in the NFL, 6th in the AFC. Playoff time. Do you have a, do, hey, do you have a set of dice, double A? At home. Next, do you really though? Why I, did I you look at me it. when I asked no, you if I you had a set it. of dice? No, I have to find. Was it. that a loaded question? Should that, I not have asked you if you question. had a set of dice? I just realized that. <laughs> yes, that's a very loaded question. Like, 
I'm like, how, how deep you want me to answer this whoa, question? Whoa, I didn't realize that. Like, that might come off. Not the way I wanted it to. I mean, that was... I'm not the type of guy that's going to edit this part of the podcast. Not, I'm just saying. So <laughs> no, you leave it in. I was, uh, I had an idea. Lima has a Lima had a topic, and I go, no, it's it's got to be a bit. And I have an idea, and I just need a set of dice. That's all I need. I need two dice, and I want to do it next week. Are you down with that? Sure. Lima, is it too? Is it that's summer hack? Is it too hacky? It's it- July. I'm curious if fans will take what you are giving them or do the roll of the dice. <laughs> and who's going to roll the dice? I will be the keeper. I played dice. I haven't in a yeah. couple years. I used to just use them, some them playing them Yahtzee. No, I've actually rolled dice. I've rolled them too, but for Yahtzee. I mean, no, I mean, what I'm saying is throwing dice. Like, put down your dollars and throw dice. Yeah, we used to bet while playing Yahtzee. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay. And, and I've never played Yahtzee. I never played Yahtzee, and I never played Uno. Mm-hmm. You've never played Uno? Never played Uno. Oh, oh don't start. Don't really? Start. Is it addicting? Oh, it, it ends friendships. <gasps> really? Yeah, man. You get hit with the draw four. It's over. It is over. They used to, uh, they used to sponsor a NASCAR team oh did you know right? that way back in the day i had no idea back when it was an affordable sport they used to do that and auto racing has always been expensive i mean when you think about it i mean vehicles are always expensive in some fashion um can i share something with you something very personal you're gonna roll your eyes you're gonna roll your eyes i'm I'm, a, I'm terrified to do it i hate my birthday and i hated i hated my birthday on tuesday I hated it. I hate my birthday every year, and I don't like talking about it. And I don't. I, I mean, I like talking about it after the fact because I'm going to share something with you here. Okay. Um, but I don't like. I don't like celebrating my birthday. I don't like my birthday. Yeah, you've said that before, and I figured out why. Why is that? You're going to roll your eyes at me for it. This. I feel it's a cheat in my life. Usually, my whole life is built around other people having good times and what we do. Does that make sense? No. Explain. Doing something interesting, doing something of entertaining of some sort, something that is something that's better than what they're doing at that, at that moment, doing something, saying something that's better than what they're up to at that particular moment, something that takes their mind off of whatever they're doing at that specific juncture in life. Does that make sense to you now? So my whole life is based on that. So because of that, it's been a blessing to usually walk into a room and most people, not all, but most people are usually happier than where they were before when I walk into the room. So usually every day is a pretty exciting, fun day, a blessing. I feel that a birthday is a cheat. You're You're saying that just because you enter the room... That people seem happier. I'm gonna say a story. I'm gonna tell someone a story that they're that will hopefully entertain them. Because that's mighty presumptuous. It is, a but I think of, it's actually true. Because I would say a lot of people think they're good storytellers. If I were a federal and judge when they and I enter locker sto- rooms, a lot of people wouldn't be happy to see me. And then when they tell the stories, I just would rather the person not tell the story. You're a good storyteller. Um, well, I've, you have made me a better storyteller. You and Keith. How so? Uh, because you guys have rushed me along and made me a better storyteller and made me cut out p- pieces of stories that I didn't need. Today, when I told the story about the nine nine year old Ken Carmen when he started smoking, I could have made that a very long story. 
I probably could have shortened it even more, but I I thought I think I left in just enough, and I think I made it just entertaining enough that people got something out of it. Do you agree or disagree? Um, I think I've heard that story before, so I'm not a good judge on that one. Double A has never well, heard that story. From Double A, let's time, hear from you. From my first time hearing the story, I thought it was fine, and I knew like there were like loads of details you could have added, but yes. due to time, just got right to the point. I thought it was entertaining. Thank you. Thought it was very. That's what I. You know, well, funny. thank you. You didn't need to say as, that part. I mean, you, if you thought it sucked, if you think you can think it sucks. As I've gotten older, tell I me have, it sucks. I have felt the need to be less and less the life of the party. When I was younger, I was coming in hot, making sure everyone knew I was there. I made sure that I I had something to say to everybody. Had to be witty. Had to be on. And now, as I've gotten older, and me and my wife go places, I barely talk. Really, <laughs> I am. Total, I want. I am perfectly comfortable just being a wallflower now. I don't need to. I don't need to try to show everybody how funny or how smart I am. Or here, here, here are the unbelievable uh, it, the times in my past that I can regale you with details. I'd just rather not have to be on. I'd rather just relax and let other people let other people shine. I might do that at home. I'm sorry, but I. Uh... I like people around me to have a good time. I'm worried about them having a good time. I, I don't need to. I don't need to try to show off. Well, it sounds like you think you're the only way to make sure they have a good time. No, that's not What kind not of people are you hanging out what with? What I said. Who are these, I, I, who are these nothings this, that you walk into a room will, and you're like, I better spring into action. I will say this. I do tend to be with a lot of people who expect me to provide them a good time. I will tell you that. Man, my friends, are, my friends don't want me to even try. Mm, I'm they different. Are, they are plenty good. I'm different. Um, so I, I, I'm just saying, I just feel like my birthday is a cheat. That's all. People are very nice to me in my real life every day. I don't need the, them to be nice to me on my birthday. So I don't like to talk about my birthday. This, this is not hitting anywhere on the mark with you I thought it would. There's no understanding with you. Double A is more understanding with me I'm than you ju- are. I just didn't know that you are the savior of so many bad That's times. That's not what Northeast I made it out to be. That's like, not what I made it out Ken, to be. Until That's Ken not, came here, we were all staring at the paint. That's not what I made it out to be. That is not it. <laughs> That's Why what it sounded you doing? like. Why would you do that? Why? It sounded like you are See, rescuing now I don't trust so, you. So no, I don't many trust you. bad times in Northeast there, Ohio. There is no, no, there is, see, now there's no trust in you. Now I can't share my innermost feelings. You have hurt I mean, me and you have hurt the show. Basically, this is a but a terrible town, a but terrible community of people. No, and luckily, no. Ken Carmen is there to save the no, day. No, that's not true. But that's how, that's how it came off, the way you were I telling the story. When no, I walk in, that's not the frowns it. turn into smiles. No, that's not what I said. The Turns I thought about going and getting that today. Oh, the slide. Yeah, we, we have the slides. We'll bring them out to tomorrow. Somebody better not have stolen mine. I haven't seen it in a while. Oh, I have my slide. It's in my it's in my uh It better locker. be in my locker. You don't expect me to tell you something entertaining when I see nah, you're a terrible. You're um, a terrible judge. See, but let me ask you this. Like, what? You get on an airplane. I will share I will no, I will share a story with you. I will share a story with you. Hold on. Okay. If I'm in a room of strangers, mm-hmm. obviously I'm not just going to go, mm, hello, everybody. So there was a there is a person at Fox 8 who, like I, I told you, they treat me like a wild animal. Like I'm just a pet. I'm not a full-time employee there, and they're very good to me, and, and I, I try to do a good job, but I also know my place. Like there's there's when there's serious news, like like – 
Like, well, what was the last really serious thing we had? Like, break. Okay, like the the Trump indictment. No, I don't. I'm not saying anything about any presidential mm. political thing. But I knew that hey, this is serious, and they got to get this right. So I I lay back. But we had we had something happen where a person from from eight brought their family in, and they have a small child, and it's it's they have a daughter, and their daughter is two and a half, three years old. I'm very quiet around small children, especially little girls. And the reason because of that is that I'm very loud. My voice booms. And so I think I'm being nice because I I don't mind children. I don't hate children. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think I, I tend to scare them. So I'm very quiet. And he told me, Afterwards, and now I'm kind of, I shouldn't say he because I kind of give it away then. Uh, He had his family with him, and they said that they were surprised because I'm described as much more bounding than I was. And in this case, you were not. Yes. And so those type of things stick with me. So they make you feel like you don't want to miss opportunities or disappoint. When I don't want to disappoint ex- anybody. When you are expected yes. to entertain. Yes. And I'm okay, and, and when I people are nice that. to me, I am sincerely thankful to them. And people are nice to me at a lot of settings and mm. not just on my birthday. So I just feel like my birthday is a cheat. Mm-hmm. And I don't and I really, as weird as it is, I don't like to call attention to myself for those type of things. It's just mm-hmm. here, I like to draw attention to you and have fun with you, and it's your fun. And that's it. I'm always delicate about this stuff because of all the stuff I get on Twitter or with phone callers or the occasional nasty email. People are really nice to me in real life. Because it's, so, it's, it's, it's not an act. You are giving a real opinion. But to them, it's a fantasy. But I want to know, in real life, are these people acting or are they telling the truth? Do they really not like me, but they're afraid to be candid about it. Well, in I think real there's life. some people who 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 really don't. Mm-hmm. B- but I don't think I think those people just avoid us in real life, or maybe they're <laughs> surprised, or I you know I don't know I, I I don't know. I think that the majority of people again, the internet's not real, and I it took me a long time to realize that. It took me a long time to realize that those people saying those things online are not going to say that to you in person. They're mm-hmm. not real people talking to you like that. Um, they wouldn't do that, and and. Once I realized that, it made my life a lot better personally. But the the thing that I point out is that so many people are so nice in real life. I don't like to. I like to draw attention to the show and to myself based on opinion. If I say the Browns are ten and seven, and this is the reason, and, and funny reasons and things like that, that's the type of attention I like. If 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 I've won something or something like that, I really don't like to draw attention to it. I really don't like to draw attention. Birthdays, I don't like to draw attention. I, I think that's the wrong type of attention. The mm-hmm. grandstanding type of thing is not the type of attention that I like. You know, so there you go. Do all we have- Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Thank you very much. So with that... We should ask Jason Garrett. Does he like to be the life of the party? Well, we should. As he joins us now. Coach Jason Garrett joins us right now of NBC Sports. He'll be on the call for Saturday's USFL Championship game between the Birmingham Stallions and the Pittsburgh Maulers at 8 p.m. Eastern on NBC and Peacock. He'll be calling the game with play-by-play voice Jack Collinsworth and sideline reporter Zora Stevenson. Coach, thanks for joining us. Thank you, guys. How's everybody doing out there? We're doing really well, Coach. Uh, First off, um, university school, right? Yeah. So where are you from originally here? You know, we lived in Cleveland Heights. Uh, my, my dad coached for the Browns when uh, Sam Ritigliano was the head coach. That's right. So uh, we, we moved up there when I was in seventh grade. I went to St. Anne's mm. and played CYO football in Cleveland Heights. And, uh, and then we went out to university school on Chagrin Falls. So do you, I mean, I, I have to ask, do you keep up with, with university schools or anything? Do you consider yourself like a Cleveland native? I mean, seventh grade through university school, that's a that's a long time. I mean, they're coach. definitely hitting you up yeah. for money. Yeah, well, definitely. Yeah, well, you know, in a really important time, if you think about the formative years through junior high and high school, uh, a really important time. And I absolutely love Cleveland. Uh, my oldest brother, Jim, is still a teacher. He's the head of the English department at university school. He's been there for 40 years. And uh, my two sisters live out there as well. So a lot of family in the Cleveland area. Uh, one, of my, one of my best friends in life is Brian Barron. He was my college roommate. He's the, he's the president of the Cleveland Guardians. So just a lot of connections out there and an amazing place. And I absolutely love Cleveland. I went to high school with a lot of guys who ended up going to Stark County Jail. So I understand <laughs> you know, what you're saying there, Coach. Go ahead. Well, we're, we're, hap- we're happy to have you on because, uh, obviously, you're still heavily involved in the football circuits. Your name comes up all the time for various roles, whether it be in the NFL or, heck, it came up for Stanford uh, last, last offseason. And so you are staying very close, but you're doing it in a different role in that broadcasting capacity. We saw you last year. Uh, helping out, and you are a prominent uh, broadcast member of the team over on NBC. How has that moved to broadcasting? Because I'm sure you had a lot of ideas baked in already uh, when you were on the other side of it, and you were getting skewered during press conferences or on sports talk radio. What was it like on the other side of things? Well, you know, I've always had tremendous respect for the media. And, And when you're in a role that I was in for years in Dallas, 
you know, that just comes with the dinner. You do five press conferences a week and you have to answer questions and they become more challenging when things don't go well or there's uncertainty of some kind. And, and, and that's just part of the job. So I always respected that and, 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 and tried to understand that uh, the, the job that everybody had to do. And, and when I had the opportunity to go to, to work with NBC, uh, it was just an amazing, amazing experience for me. Um, you know, guys that I had known in the business for a long time, Fred Gadelli, you know, one of the great uh, football producers of all time. You know, he was the guy that kind of uh, lit the fire for me. He said, you ought to try this. And uh, I had a really good experience last year kind of in training doing USFL games with Jack Collinsworth. And then I got the opportunity to go ahead and be part of the, the Football Night in America set, which was an incredible experience and then to do the Notre Dame games as an analyst. So uh, the, the biggest takeaway for me is how incredibly good all these people are at their jobs. You know, when you get closer to the people, Maria Taylor's our, our host on Football Night in America. She's incredible. I just can't tell you how good she is and all the different stuff that she deals with, and she just boom, 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 like it's nothing. And, you know, the producers that you have and the directors, they're all just so – uh, they're they're so experienced and they have so much expertise. And for a guy like me coming into it new, uh, it, it was a, it was an incredible opportunity just to learn and to grow each week. And, and they certainly helped me do that. So feel very fortunate to be part of the team. Uh, Jason Garrett with us right now. One of the uh, I would say criticisms in general of broadcasters that are fresh out of the league is that you know we we want to hear what those meetings are like. We want to hear what you're actually saying about defensive players that you think you can uh, get a pass through or, or easily block. Like we want to hear that stuff when we're, we're actually watching the broadcast. And that's what endeared so many people to Tony Romo when he started out, because he was very honest. Do, did you find that to be hard? Cause I'm sure you had so many relationships with players up and down the leagues, guys, you coach guys, you coached against and had respect for, was it hard to be truly as honest as you wanted to be? Is that something you found when you started? Well, you know, honesty is a given. Uh, you, you can't do the job if you're not being honest, and you have to be truthful. Uh, but, but I do think there are different ways you can express uh, those honest and truthful opinions. And, uh, you know, sometimes in our world there's a lot of negativity. There's a lot of beating people down, and, and I certainly didn't want to do that. Uh, I love football. I love coaches. I love players. I love my experience doing it in the NFL and in college for a long time. So, uh you know, I, I think being honest and being truthful and being insightful, hopefully being entertaining, uh, hopefully bringing people behind the, the curtain a little bit to give them some insights that maybe they don't have exposure to. I think that's all part of the job, and I think that's what makes the job fun. Uh, but, but all the while, uh, you know, I think it's important to be positive and upbeat and celebrate the game and celebrate the people. And so we've tried to do that, you know, with our coverage at Notre Dame and also with our coverage at football night in America. And, and I think people appreciate that. Um, people want to turn the game on and enjoy it. Not necessarily just see people get run down all the time. And so I tried to be honest and truthful and take people places maybe where they haven't been, but do it in a way that that's upbeat and positive as well. 
Coach Jason Garrett joining us on the show. He'll be on the call Saturday's USFL championship game between the Birmingham Stallions and the Pittsburgh Maulers. 8 p.m. NBC and Peacock. It'll be down at uh, Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium in Canton. So it, it is in Canton. Stadium smaller. Uh, vantage point might be a little bit different there. What type of football do you expect to see in this football game? You know, I think it's going to be a great matchup. I don't know how close you guys have followed the USFL, but you know, Birmingham has been the best team over the last couple of years. You know, they won the championship last year, and they have a dynamic offense. Their quarterback, Alex Magoo, has been the best player in the league. He's the MVP. And uh, in the divisional round last week against New Orleans, they lit up the scoreboard. You know, they won by four or five touchdowns. So uh, they're certainly the team to beat, and they're really exciting to watch. But, you know, Pittsburgh, you know, Ray Horton's the head coach. He's an old teammate of mine from the Cowboys, and you know, spent a lot of time with the Pittsburgh Steelers as an assistant coach. And, you know, I think the DNA of the Maulers is a lot like the Steelers. They play great defense. Uh, it's not always pretty football, but they found a way. And they're playing their best ball here at the end of the year. They won a nail-biter last week in overtime against Michigan. And to me, it's, it's the best offense in the USFL against the best defense in the USFL. It's going to be fun to watch. You know, I think the basic fundamental things of football – will determine the outcome. Does Birmingham turn the ball over? Can, can, can uh, Pittsburgh continue to create takeaways like they have all year long? I think that'll probably be the difference in the game. But it's a fun matchup for us to watch. Do you or Jack make a run the risk of making a terrible pun and saying something about Mr. Magoo and his eyesight if he throws a great touchdown pass? <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think we got to be careful of that. I really do. Uh, uh, he, he's been fun to watch. And, you know, it, it's interesting. You know, last year, Cavante Turpin uh, was the best returner in the league and just a dynamic player. And the Cowboys signed him and ended up being a, a pro Bowl kick returner. And, you know, one of the fun things for me is to, is to think about which players in this league could kind of translate over and make the transition to the NFL and have some success. And, when you watch a guy like Alex Magoo play this year, it's like, wow. Uh, hard to think that he can't be one of four quarterbacks on one of 32 NFL teams to go to training camp and compete. So hopefully you guys are watching. You'll see what I'm talking about. Well, that's what I'm really curious about. Jason Garrett, coach, joining us right now on the hotline. So when you were in the NFL, your, quote, minor league system was college. And so we wondered with other potentially viable leagues starting up, could some of these players get plucked and actually be formidable on NFL rosters? Do you think they're doing this in the right way? Do you think spring football makes sense? Uh, there have been some questions about whether ratings would go up during different times of the year, maybe in summer, but if they're playing in summer, how are they getting ready for the NFL? So do you think this system right now is is something that makes sense, that is tenable for NFL teams to use as another way to try to build talent and to scout talent? And how much would you have your coaches be scouting these leagues? Well, it's a great question. And I think the macro question first for me is, Everybody loves football. America loves football. They love high school football, college football, and certainly the NFL. It's the number one sport in our country. And so, so what's the appetite for football year-round? And we have two great case studies. You know, the XFL started the week after the Super Bowl, and they dove into that window. That's kind of a dead period in the NFL offseason to grab these players, you know, hopefully with the idea that you can, they can play grow as players, it's an entertaining product, and then some of these guys 
can go back to their NFL teams for the rest of the offseason program. You know, the USFL, who I'm involved with with NBC, they took a different tack. They said, hey, there's a lot of entertaining stuff going on after the Super Bowl. There's March Madness. There's the Masters. People need a break from football. And so once you clear the Masters, now let's start this thing up, and maybe people have a little bit more of an appetite for it and maybe more of a dead period in, uh, in, in, the, in the sports TV schedule. So two different approaches. We'll find out whose is better. Uh, the XFL went to eight different cities. They had a hub where everybody practiced, but then they went to their eight cities. Last year, the USFL had one hub down in Birmingham, played all the games down there. Now they have four hubs, and they're going to grow more as the years go by. So it's a great case study for how spring football can work if it can, in fact, work. Your other question about looking for guys, no stone unturned. You know, go to any league, go to any part of the world to try to find players. The Canadian Football League, the XFL, the USFL, they're all great training grounds for guys who might be a little too something at this point in their careers. They're too small. They're too slow. They're too inexperienced. And, and, and so maybe they were overlooked in the draft. Maybe they were the last cut. Now they have an opportunity to grow and refine their game and get another shot. So hopefully this has provided a vehicle for those guys as well. Coach Jason Garrett joining us on the show will be on NBC's call. The uh, USFL championship game on Saturday night, Pittsburgh Maulers versus the Birmingham Stallions, NBC and Peacock. So you are not an old man, not by any means necessary. You've gotten into the broadcasting realm. There, we've we've got some big names that have went into broadcasting. We found out, yeah, those guys ain't so good. You you can actually hack it. You're pretty good. Are you done coaching? Would you coach again? What what's your future? You know, I, I love doing what I'm doing right now. It's a great opportunity to work uh, at NBC and have the roles that I have. Doing games in college is a really a fun experience at Notre Dame every week, and you know we open up the season with with Notre Dame and Navy and Dublin, Ireland. So that'll be a great experience. And then certainly I've, I've loved my time at Football Night in America. Uh, you know, we're part of the, the most watched TV show uh, that there is in our country. And um, it's just fun to, it's fun to be a part of it and, and fun to be around the people that I'm learning from uh, every week. Uh, you never say never about anything, uh, but I'm really embracing the opportunity uh, doing what I'm doing right now. So it's been really fun. Uh, Coach, I, I am just amazed by every time we talk about quarterbacks in 2022 and now, of course, 23, that it's it's such a spot, such a position in sports that we're trying to protect. And yet we just had more quarterback injuries than ever in the NFL. How is that the case? You played a long time in the NFL. You were there when quarterbacks were basically allowed to be killed on the field. But yet somehow, some way we went through 67 or so starting quarterbacks this year. Make sense of that for me. It's a great question. And, uh, you know, I love the emphasis uh, from Roger Goodell all the way down about trying to make sure we make player safety our number one priority. And certainly at the quarterback position, that's a big deal. Uh, when Aaron Rodgers a few years ago gets tackled and separates his shoulder and the Green Bay Packers season just falls apart, it's like, ah, is that good for the Packers? Is that good for the NFL? Certainly you don't want to be too careful with these guys and take the essence of the game out of it, but, but you definitely want to protect them. You want these marquee players under center and in the shotgun every week uh, 
leading their teams. Uh, you know, my, my best explanation is the players are, are, are quicker, faster, stronger, more explosive than they've ever been. And, um, and, and, I, and I think, uh, you know, there's a physics part of this thing. When, when, when these guys hit you, uh, you know, damage can be done. Uh, I do think that the emphasis is right uh, with, with uh, making player safety number one, making quarterback safety number one on our list. Uh, but, but these injuries are going to happen. Football's still a contact sport. You know, the one concern that I have sometimes is in the preparation leading up to playing in the regular season, we've shortened the off-season program. The practices in the off-season are a lot less physical. Uh, in training camp, they're a lot less physical. It's a very different time in pro football right now. And my concern is if you do that and then you, you ask the players come the, the, the first week of September, okay, this is how we've prepared – and now go play 100 miles an hour, sometimes I wonder if they're fully prepared for the physical nature of the game. And that's just a hypothesis from afar, but that's one thing I do get a little bit concerned about. But player safety is number one. I think that's the right emphasis. We've got to keep these quarterbacks standing upright. I think it's critical to have these playmakers out there leading their teams. Browns were 7-10 and 10 last year. Six games with Deshaun Watson. I'll have a full boat this year. What is a successful season with the Cleveland Browns? Oh, you know, I think this day and age, uh, you know, making the playoffs is always a great benchmark. And then hopefully, uh, you know, getting a chance to advance. Uh, I think more than anything else, you just want to see them settle in and improve with their new quarterback, Deshaun Watson. You know, they took a step back this past year, a lot of uh, controversy surrounding the organization and the signing of Deshaun Watson. Hopefully some of that is kind of behind them as an organization. They can focus a little bit more on football. He didn't seem like he was quite himself playing there at the end of the season. He's been a dynamic player in this league. And, uh, you know, I think having an offseason, having a training camp under his belt, being with his teammates will certainly help him and help them. Uh, you know, the big question for me is, uh, a big part of their offense in recent years has been their running game. Under center run game, they've done it as well as uh, really probably any team in the league. Nick Chubb, they got an outstanding offensive line. That's been the DNA of this team. And, and now you bring Deshaun Watson in, and he's had most of his success being a gun quarterback and maybe playing a little bit of a different style. So I, I think it's important to kind of keep your eye on where they evolve and where they go with this offense. I think we saw glimpses of it at the end of the year last year, and I'm sure they've worked hard on it in the offseason, and they will in training camp. But, but finding the marriage between what they've been so good at here the last few years and then what fits their quarterback so well to help him become the dynamic player that he's been. I do think they got some good weapons around him. Chubb's an elite back, and Joku's an outstanding tight end. Uh, love Amari Cooper as a receiver. You know, they've added other receivers to the mix. So I, I think there's, there's some playmakers around Deshaun. For me, it's about figuring out what exactly you want to be and melding those two philosophies smoothly. All right, Kareem Hunt uh, still available. Kareem Hunt still available right now. Uh, so, too, is Ezekiel Elliott, someone who you're very familiar with. Are you surprised just how devalued running backs are, how, how short their shelf life is right now in today's NFL? You know, I am surprised. I'm a running back guy, and I always will be. Um, you know, running backs, 
take more pressure off of the quarterback, the offensive line, the defense, and the coaching staff if you got an elite one. And, you know, I had the great fortune of playing with Emmett Smith with the Cowboys for eight years. We had DeMarco Murray when he was the, you know, NFL Offensive Player of the Year and leading rusher. And we had Zeke Elliott. He, he led the league in rushing a couple times. And I just saw the impact that those guys had on the quarterback. It makes the quarterback environment so much better. Uh, you get a lot of favorable coverage to throw at. You get, you get pass rushes quieted down. The play-action game comes alive. So, you know, I saw Troy Aikman and Tony Romo and Dak Prescott all play at a really high level when they had elite running backs and elite running games. And, and then, needless to say, you know, what it does for your defense. You possess them all, the ball more. You keep them off the field and all of those kinds of things. And when you get into critical moments, short yardage situations, goal line situations, when you have those elite runners, those calls are a lot easier because you can control the line of scrimmage and run the football with success. So uh, I, I recognize the shelf life is getting shorter and shorter, probably for the reasons we talked about before, just the speed of the game and the contact that these guys face. But I'm a running back guy, always have been, always will be. I know the impact they make. So I'd like to see those guys, uh, teams, appreciate them a little bit more and value them a little bit more because their impact to me is obvious. Final one, Coach. Jerry Jones, what's it like to coach for him? You know, it was a great experience. Uh, like I said, I, uh, I played for him for eight years and then came back and coached for him as an assistant and as a head coach for a number of years. And, uh, you know, Jerry Jones wants to win, and he'll do whatever he thinks is necessary to, to help the team win. And he's very passionate about, about football and about the Cowboys and, and doing things at the highest level. And, uh, you know, I learned a tremendous amount from him uh, as well. Uh, you know, just the way he sees the world, the way he sees business and interacting with people. So uh, it, it was an unbelievable experience for me and one that I think I really grew from throughout our time together. Coach, can't thank you enough for the time. If you get a chance, go to Hagee's, H-E-G-G-Y-S. You, won't, you will not regret it. Enjoy your time in Canton. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. We'll, we'll do it. You guys got to come down to the game. 8 o'clock kickoff Saturday night. Let's go. My dad's right <laughs> around the corner. I, I, will have to make a, I will have to make a trip out of it. Thank you very much, Coach. I bet we can get you a sideline pass. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right. Good talking to you guys. Yes, sir. Good talking to you. Coach Jason Garrett joining us on the hotline. Wonderful stuff from him. Great stuff from him. Did you enjoy that? I thought it was really good, him trying to go through why quarterbacks are getting injured. I think that's yeah. something we need to look at tomorrow because Ooh. obviously we know if Deshaun Watson gets injured this year, Wait, that's I, the I season. It, you, you, you accused me of basically being oh, yeah. a fake before. Yeah. Let me. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. that, that sounded fake I, when I just did that. Sorry. I, I want to I talk about that because that was a bigger story than I think people let on last year. They're just like, oh, rash of quarterback injuries. Now, wait a second. You've tried to keep quarterbacks upright, but yet we had a record number of injuries. And I think he tried to explain why. And he brought up camp. Mm -hmm. And remember, it was McVay that said, we're done playing our guys, especially our quarterback. We're not doing that. And now every team has copied it. But yet Jason Garrett is suggesting that you've done that to try to preserve health. And what has it done? Has it had unintended consequences? I think that's very interesting. Well, we, we asked that question in basketball. I mean, Stan Van Gundy said the said the very quiet part out loud. He goes, well, we used to have one trainer, and guys played all 82 games. Now we have whole entire medical staffs, and guys sit, and they still get hurt. Yeah. And Stan, I mean, Stan Van Gundy got ripped on the internet, but he doesn't care about that. Um, 
I think that's worth bringing up. Yeah, I, I did mention, I wanted to mention to you, I don't know if you saw it, CBS, they put uh, Josh Dobbs number 17 oh. in the list of backup quarterbacks. So it's like, well, he's not the best, but he's certainly not the worst. I mean, because you would think the guys at the top are battling for the starting job. And so it's like, well, okay. So that might be a part of the conversation as and, well. And Patrick Mahomes, he's gotten injured a lot more times than people realize. He's just been able to play through it. And and he he left a playoff game last year. Pretty big playoff game. Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, sat him. I mean, that's kind of a big deal, yeah, and that's is. Patrick Mahomes. We don't say he's injury prone. It's true. But we would use that terminology for other quarterbacks. So I'd like to like to get into that and what he said about running backs because he made a case for Nick Chubb right there. And then he said he's a running back guy, and he thinks the league is going way too far in undervaluing the running backs. Good. And, and he also said that um... – I was going to try to make it. I think you should leave reference, and I can't do it. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 